It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome back to our FIFA World Cup daily live streams on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, we'll be previewing tomorrow's group games, which are... Netherlands versus Qatar, Ecuador versus Senegal, Wales versus England, and Iran versus USA. It's bloody crazy to think that we are already at the last round of group games. It is just absolutely flying by. And as always, please make sure you send through any questions, any comments, anything exciting you want to get off your chest throughout the stream. We're always here to show off your comments and answer any questions. So fire them through. And joining me today is uh, Paul from Fainting the Line. How are you, mate? Good to be back. Good to be back. Good stuff, mate. Good to have you back on. Uh, yeah, thoughts on today's games? I'm just, I, I always I always forget them, uh, what happened today, because I'm asleep for, for most of it. I guess the, um, I had two picks yesterday, Cameroon to win and Switzerland under two and a half goals, or Switzerland-Brazil under two and a half goals. So I woke up and saw that 3-3 with Cameroon and I thought, oh, don't tell me I missed out on a nice little win there. But I saw the, the sequence of events, so I might have uh, – tell me what happened in that game. It looks a bit crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think that was uh, – the, the morning games were definitely the highlight there, the two early games. Uh, Cameroon-Serbia, that one was wild. I know a, a bunch of people were, like, live, you know, of course, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> scolding Cameroon and all that. And then, then uh, Bubakar comes on and boom, magic. And yeah. uh, so, so that one was pretty cool. And then uh, South Korea, South Korea, Ghana kind of picked up where they left off. Yeah. So, so those games were really good, but unfortunately the bets were not, not great for me in those games. Uh, two and three yesterday, I think on all the picks on the props for what we gave out, but we hit the, I hit the best bet in Brazil. Brazil, Switzerland, I hit that tackles bet, and uh, we only missed one rung on the ladder, so we got a couple high-odds winners too. So hopefully that's scraped back a little bit and ready to look forward to today. Yeah, the, the, the later games today, though, were, you know, obviously a lot more dull than yeah. <laughs> than those first games. Um, y- tomorrow you could see the same kind of thing where it could a couple could kick off, but a couple could go dull because, you know, mm. One might not matter versus, you know, the others. There might be desperation situations where you can get some big second-half goals, kind of like you saw in those two early games today. What did you think about two of the teams we expect to go reasonably far in this competition, Brazil and Portugal? Did you think uh, either of them impressed you? Brazil, do you think are they they living up to their tournament favourite status? Yeah, I mean, I'd say Brazil and France have probably looked the most fluid. I wouldn't say Brazil looked necessarily great today, um, as opposed to the first game. That it's it, you would say it's a different side without Neymar. Like they they don't have the exact same impetus or fluidity without him. Uh, I don't think like Paqueta in that position is anywhere near the same. Or like double number eights. You're playing number double eights of Fred and Paqueta to make up for the creation of Neymar. It's, it's not tit for tat, let's say like that. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, I thought they looked a lot better with Neymar. I mean, that's not really anything too groundbreaking there. But uh, mm. Portugal, I still don't. For for me, there's I don't see them winning the tournament personally. Um, yeah, playing the style that they play with. That's just my personal opinion. But uh, yeah. So, uh, but they, they got a nice result today, and can't knock them for that. So, yeah. All right. Good stuff, mate. Let's. Uh, why don't we get into tomorrow's games? And as I said before, guys, yeah, please comment through any questions you've got throughout the stream. It is going to be a bit difficult to break down some of these games. Uh, you know, just just in general, like you know, take this first game for example, Netherlands versus Qatar. It's 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 sometimes hard to predict what kind of teams they're going to put out and also how they're going to play. So anyway, Netherlands. 1.23 against Qatar. The draws at 6.38. Qatar at 15.45. These are all pinnacle odds, by the way. Uh, Asian handicap at 1.75. And the over-under, this is the highest line I've seen all tournament, 3.25. Um, yeah, Netherlands, they do have the slightest of chances of not going through to the knockouts, but they are basically through. Um, Qatar are out of the competition. Qatar... I would, I would guess they still have quite a lot to play for, considering they're the hosts of the World Cup. Um, they, I mean, obviously at this stage of the tournament they're playing for pride, but they've got, they've got more to play for than any other team that would just, you know, that would be knocked out at this stage. They're they're fighting for their for their home fans and what what's already been a pretty controversial, you know, circumstances in which they've they've won the World Cup bid. So you think they'll fight to the end for their fans? Um, but yeah, what I, I think let's start this with what you think, what you think about the Dutch in general at this point, because they are top of the group, but in both games, you can make the argument that they were either on equal terms with the other team or they were outplayed. So where do you see the Dutch at this point in the tournament? They give me kind of vibes that they're, they're kind of on the same kind of level as like a Portugal or something like that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they're de they're definitely not like a fluid side. You'd say either I, I so you got to look at it from my angle when I'm looking at these games. I'm mostly a props better, and I'm most like I do do game props, but m most of what I I'd say seventy five percent of what I'm taking is player props, and uh, in this type of game, like. I can't play Van Gaal roulette as you'd have it. You, I just don't know who he's tossing out there at some points. Like Netherlands should be trying, as you said, to win this game um, because even though they're basically already through, they could still finish like second in the group, and you really don't want to finish second because you've got the second place in Group B that you're going to play in the next round, who would be Iran or USA if you finish first, whereas you'd yeah. be playing England yeah. in the next round if you finish second. So it's definitely – I'd say a game that the Netherlands should be looking to win. Um, but I think the odds also probably factor that in. And as you say, Qatar will have um, the home field advantage and uh, they still have something to play for, something to get out of this World Cup, um, even if they're a lot less talented. Yeah, so uh, it's just one for me that I have to stay away from. This is the game that's a no touch for me on tomorrow. I have live goals question mark written down maybe, um, but 
you know, if it's nil-nil at halftime, maybe get involved in a goals angle or something. Um, but it's, it's just not one I can take. What do you think about the over-under line on this? To me, it looks too high. And this is what I've got just doing a little bit of just going through um, – when I went through the games yesterday, this was the one game where I thought there could be a potential opening here for a bet in terms of the goals line. It just looks, it just looks so high for a like honestly, Netherlands could just go out and win this one nil. They could, you know, they could go yeah. out, score their goal, and then just shut up shop and be like, and that would be that would be um, that would go along with how Louis Van Hal, you know likes to play his football. I guess this line is just based upon maybe people, uh, the, the market thinking that Qatar, you know, they're going to go very attacking, really try and, you know, somehow get a win in this game, make it an entertaining game, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then maybe they'll get caught on the counter-attack, those kind of things by the Dutch. I don't know. What do you? I, to me, I think the line's kind of absurd, but at the same time, like you know, I could see, I could see a three-one. I could see a four-one. You know, I could see the Dutch, if they do score early, that that it could get out of hand. Yeah, there, like there's fluctuations in the types of, like that huge variation of types of game states. That's why I'm not going to really get involved here. Um, but like, I mean, when I initially looked at the game, I kind of thought the same thing. Oh, that. The game set at a total of three. Like that seems a little excessive. Mm. Um, even the, but but if you look at where the where the money moved, it was the timestamps basically correspond with that number coming in. It was at over two point seven five, and then it came into over three, basically um, right after the group states occurred, where Netherlands needs to win this game to be first in the group. Um, Basically, once people knew that, like once Ecuador got that last result, um, once people knew that, I think that that's why the money started to come for the overs. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's too inefficient right now, but I mean, if I had to get an entry point, I don't think it's a bad time to enter for the unders if you if that's what you mm-hmm. want to do. But it's just one that I'm going to stay away from. But yeah, I, I think that would be a good entry point if you're trying to enter the market now. Correct. Yeah, I'm just looking at the odds. So you can get under 3.25 at 180, 81, and then you can get under three goals at 2.07. Oh, just as I said that, it's gone down to 2.05. They're listening to me, mate. They're listening to us. <laughs> you just have a little nibble there, maybe. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, I would say also maybe look at like the first half market though for the under over yeah. under again. And well, let's have a look at that. that. Like You've first got... half under one point two five, I think is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that's an angle too. You know, you could see potentially the Dutch scoring early. Uh, well, well, and... if it's like if it's if it's if it's if the Dutch, if it's not that this is necessarily a, a likely game state, but if the Dutch, you know, have a have a two two oh lead or one one like you could see either the Qataris pushing if it's like a bigger lead that the Dutch have or you could see 
the Dutch push pushing if it's if it's if the Qataris somehow could keep it in the second half to like it's a lower score. You could see the Dutch pushing forward in the second half and maybe like breaking it open at some point, like a couple in succession. Um, so that's the only reason I'd say that. But yeah, I mean, if I had to enter here, I'd probably do the unders at this yeah. point. But it's just not for me. I've just uh, I've actually just looked up to win to nil for the Dutch. And you can get as high as two at Bet Victor one point nine at three six five. I think that could be a potential angle because you, I could see most likely Dutch are going to score first if they are going to win win the game, score first. And I just I couldn't imagine them, you know, going hard for a second. Uh, I could imagine them just like you know playing their boring old football. Qatar potentially, you know, really trying to find that goal to equalise, and Netherlands get them on the counter. Again, you know, that's mm, – I, I think <clears throat> I'd have to have a further think about it, but I think that could be a potential entry point, uh, Netherlands, to, to win to nil. There, any thoughts on that at twos? Um, yeah, I mean, if it's it, – I don't really know, have any thoughts. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's one I'd stay away from. I mean, personally, I'm not going to take that near even money with Netherlands, but – yeah. That's just me. <laughs> That's just um, me. All right. Well, we can we can move on, mate. I'm just trying to do the maths here on the spot quickly. If you've got true odds for Netherlands at the moment are around 1.3, so 77 per chance, percent chance of winning. If they win the game, you know how much do you allocate that to them winning to nil? If you're over 50, percent then maybe win to nil at two or more is a good bet for you. I'll have a think about it later, but. Anyway, I think we've, yeah, it's uh, a good it's a good option if you're trying to get involved. I'd say for sure, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we've highlighted a few options there. Potentially the unders, uh, and then potentially Dutch to win to nil at evens there. Uh, but we'll move on. It's it's a tricky one to break down, and, and like we said earlier, maybe you want to see what kind of lineups that especially the Dutch are going to come out with uh, within this one. But they, you know, they do they do have to get some. They don't have to, but most likely it would be. They'll be, you know, keen to get a win here, you would think. So I think they'll go pretty strong. Um, all right, mate. Ecuador versus Senegal. Huge game here. 2.47 for Ecuador. The draw at 3.24. Senegal, 3.19. The line's at a quarter. And the over-under is at two. Mate, winner takes all here. A draw, except a draw also takes Ecuador through to the... Knockouts, uh, Senegal. Interesting, I think this. Senegal were rated as the better team heading into the first games, um, but given Ecuador's performances, they've now moved into favourites for this game. Still, have we got any news on if Valencia is in? I can have a look. Uh, yesterday they were kind of umming, umming and ahhing. I feel like it'll be an hour before kickoff, kind of thing. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that's more of a later one. Um, yeah, I know. I do. I I see doubtful on a couple sites right now, but that's that's not to say he that hasn't been updated. Um, well, he went off in a stretcher, mate. So you would have thought at that time he was no chance. But I don't trust some of these football players, mate. <laughs> for sure. And uh, one one thing I would say though, uh, just while you're looking at that. One guy that is out for sure is Jackson Mendez of Ecuador, uh, the breakout star from Los Angeles FC. Um, 
for, for, for this World Cup. He's got an accumulation of two yellow cards, which for me is just the most outrageous. Like, two is a little bit excessive for me. I, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, maybe a half, sit out a half or two. But, uh, no, he, he's out. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see who slots into that, uh, second defensive midfielder spot next to Caicedo. Yeah. Well, what's your, what's your thoughts on this game? I would have thought just off the top of my head that the odds would have been a little bit close. I don't think too much separates these teams, but I can understand why Ecuador, are slight favourites just through their performances. But as you said, Mendez is out and potentially Valencia too. That could that could see some serious movement on Senegal um as you know as we get closer to game time. What's your thoughts? Yeah. I'll discuss the uh odds first here. Um so Ecuador have gotten some action to your point. Um I think they're like fifty ticks in from open. Um, right. and a lot of that, a lot of that action has come since the start of the world cup, as you mentioned, due to their, uh, supremacy and comparative performances, uh, to Senegal in the same group. Um, so I'd say a lot of that is the reason for the action in the, in the, in the, uh, pre-world cup, uh, picks we put out, uh, I think, or we were keen on at least, uh, Senegal not to qualify at 2.25 because part of that because of the injury of Mane and then some other factors and that 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 did get action before the World Cup and moved to about evens before the World Cup at most places and uh, so now hopefully it's a good position to be and we're sitting on 2.25 and now we just need a draw for Ecuador to go through and Senegal goes home so that's a good position to be in. Obviously, people have already chipped in at Ecuador's price, but if I was looking to get on, I'd I personally would still get on Ecuador. Um, and uh, I don't think there's too much supremacy, or it might not be a ton of value in the price now. But I think because of the game state, there could be value there in the price. So, like, like you just said, Senegal have to win. So. Uh, I would tend if I was going to get involved in the handicaps, I would play it a little riskier in some of these games because of the desperation of some of the teams. I'd play Ecuador minus uh, three quarters of a goal at uh, 3.06 at Pinnacle is personally the way I'd go with it um, because you could, you could have a Senegalese side that are desperate at the end. Ecuador might just pass it about and sit in um, for most of the game and try to just, uh, hold on to a clean sheet, which they're very capable of doing if you've watched them. But they're also a footballing side. They're not just going to do that. Yeah. They even at, they they had a good percentage of the ball against Netherlands w- with three center backs. So so I think they had forty six percent of the ball against Netherlands with three center backs. So yeah, I would try to get a little riskier if you're looking to get into the handicaps, maybe a quarter unit play or something like that on Ecuador minus one at four point four eight at Penny, or uh, if if you just if you want to get something out of them winning just straight out, then uh, minus three quarters at uh, 3.06 is where I'd go with that. But I have uh, some, I got, I got tons of uh, passing angles for this game. I got a nice spread for us. All right, mate. Well, why don't you rifle through your, uh, your prop bets for this one? Yeah. So uh, what I would do here is I would split my stake between all the guys, because obviously I'm taking some passes guys on the same team. 
And uh, so they're all correlated bets. So what you're going to want to do is take like between one and two units, whatever you're comfortable risking between all these bets and uh, just kind of play a little bit on each one. So the prices I like are for the center backs of Ecuador, Piero Hincapi and uh, Jackson Perozo. Um, Perozo, you're going to get 42 plus passes at the offshores at 1.84 and you can get 45 plus at the uh if you're in europe at the ladbrokes and coral shops at 1.95 and i also like his alt line at 50 plus for at 2.7 if you need some stapes there too so jackson perozo on the pass line i'm also going to go as we mentioned earlier jackson mendez is out so i'm also going to go with who i think is going to play in center defensive mid uh and form the double pivot with caicedo who's carlos grazo um, 40 plus passes at 1.9 at Ladbrokes and Coral. And then I'd ladder that with the 45 and 50s at 2.88 and 4.6 for smaller stakes. And then Hincapi is uh, 50 plus passes at 2.05 and 60 plus at 4.5 at Ladbrokes and Coral. And then I would just also get Caicedo in there. And uh, this is better for some of the guys that have like 365 over 51 and a half passes at 1.86. And then I'd ladder that up to 63 and a half at 6.5 and 59.5 at fours uh, at bet 365. So, so basically the reasoning for this is we have a tactical advantage uh, with Jackson Mendez being out, uh, who's usually the normal deep line midfielder. So you, we're getting those passes in Caicedo and Grezo. We're getting tactical advantages on both of them on the lines. Um, we're going to occupy a double pivot. Usually it's Mendez just dropping in and Caicedo's further up than like he would be playing for say a Brighton where he does occupy the pivot. Um, so the CB lines are set at uh, 60 to 75 at basically all the other providers uh, in the offshores and, uh, and the European providers and the Ecuadorians have shown, you know, a crazy ability, like we mentioned um, for, for a side, for a side of their stature, a crazy ability in possession, even against like, the Dutch, who are a pretty decent side in possession and a major European threat. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, both CBs that I mentioned there finished with 39 passes against the Dutch, and we're just asking for 40 against Senegal, who and, and the African teams, once you tend to win the ball back, they do tend to uh, – they don't tend to have a concerted press. Now, Sen Sen Senegal are more concerted than the other teams, but they're also, I'd say, a little bit more – uh, passive under Cisse. He has gotten out of that a little bit. And he did get out of that a little bit in Senegal's first match, but they did revert to that a bit in the second match. And I think here the Ecuadorians are going to be better at playing the ball is just my take on this game. Um, even though they can sit in, they will play because that's their nature. And uh, that's why we're getting these passes lined so low, I think, as well. Uh, so I'm seeing Ecuador at about 46 uh 46% possession against the Dutch. So I expect a nice, nice, fat, juicy possession number against the Senegalese. And I just think all their passes lines are a little bit too low. So I'd spread it out amongst the guys I mentioned. All right. Good stuff, mate. Um, I think we'll just move on from this game now. It's a, yeah, a bit of a tricky one to, to break down in general. But yeah, it's either, it's probably the, if there's a, a game you want to watch around that time, it's probably the, the game to watch. Winner goes through. And if it's a draw, Ecuador are through, so uh, yeah, should be uh, should be a fun game. Let's uh, let's go on to the games in Group B: Iran versus USA. And g'day to Neil, who's uh, who's joining us from home today. Welcome to you, mate. Uh, please send through any of your bets that you like for the 
for the games tomorrow, mate. Always, always appreciate your opinion since you you can't be stuffed joining us live. Um, I ran 4.2, draw the 3.51, and USA not, uh, 1.98. Asian handicap is at half a goal and over under at 2.25. Uh, yeah, USA need a win to go through the knockouts after a decent display against England, whereas Iran just need the draw. Um, yeah, Iran played quite well against the win over Wales, like a huge, a huge uh, bounce back from that six-two loss to England. So, yeah, what what are your thoughts? Let's start with the US for you, mate. What do you think about the US in this game? Do you think they should be as short as one? 98. I'm probably a little bit biased here in the sense that I do have that qualification, but on Iran. Um, but yeah, I, I still kind of feel like 1.98 for the US just ah, it, it seems too short to me. But what do you think? My simple answer would be yes, I do think they should be that short. Now, I'm also biased as well, uh, we yeah. should mention. Um, but yeah, yeah and I, I might eat my words for that, like, but. I think they should. Everybody else has been a bit lower on the USA team than me in general, I think. Uh, so you can take that with a grain of salt or how it is. But, yeah, if I was looking to be getting getting involved for the same reasons, um, I, I, would be getting, I would be getting involved on the USA side of the handicap. So here's my thoughts. Basically... <sighs> Uh, I, I think I think that Iran's going to be keen to sit in basically because the the, the draw does them well as, as with Ecuador. Um, so I would be keen on the USA still, even though their price has moved in about twenty ticks since um, since the market knew that they needed to win as well in this in this contest. Um, so I, I still tend to like the USA price though. Um, but due to the variance, I'd go for a higher price again. Like I'd go for minus point minus three quarters of goal USA two point two nine at Pinnacle, or I'd go for even higher variance, like uh, minus one at a uh, two point nine six at Pinnacle. And the reason is like if the US were winning and this bet was looking good, then Iran are going to be getting desperate towards the end and have to throw everything at the ball, and then you might get that late goal. So mm. I would tend to lean towards the higher variance for a bigger payout. That's both in the Ecuador and this USA game because you're going to see the opposition being so desperate that I, th- if they're winning, that you could get something at the back. So I think that's where you're getting the value. I don't think you're necessarily getting a value in the regular odds. I think they're somewhat efficient, but if you go up to those alt lines, I think you could sneak a little value in those. So quarter unit play there again uh, on the handicap is fine for me. I'll take that minus three quarters at two point two nine in this one. Um, for another small handicap play like I did uh, with the Ecuador one. But uh, again, I have a passive spread um, that I'm more keen on than my handicap breaths. But yeah, that, that would be my thoughts on the handicap. I, If I was getting involved, it would be on the USA side, but I'm keen to hear like what the argument would be uh, for the Iranian side. Yeah, I if guess, I mean, my biggest argument would be, or let's just say they sit back. Obviously, that's not the most positive way to play and and the most, you know, I guess efficient way to try and get a result. But out of all the teams, oh, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on the US, but 
the, the sitting back approach is going to work reasonably better against a team like the US just because they don't have anyone up. Well, they do. They've got Pulisic, but they don't have, you know, a Harry Kane. Uh, I mean, I was going to say Ronaldo, which, you know, probably not as relevant as nowadays, but you know what I mean? They don't have that absolute, a Giroud, these kind of guys that if you do sit back in your box for ages, they're going to eventually find a goal. You've only got Pulisic. I know, you know, Weyer looked fantastic. I'm I'm secretly hoping USA do not score any goals so that Weyer top goal scorer uh, cashes for us at 15s. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you want USA to score a goal. Maybe Weyer can score another goal. But um, yeah, I just uh, it's uh, yeah it's 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 a good goals... hedge. It's a good hedge for me. So that if they don't, <laughs> if USA don't, then I'm getting the way of pay. pay- yeah, exactly. And then and then the other argument is that let's just say Iran don't sit back and they play a little bit of football. I mean, they outplayed Wales. I mean, Wales are no slouches. I would have I would have had Wales on like a pretty even kill with the US in terms of, you know, the quality of sides, at least heading into this tournament and and after the first couple of games. So that's why I kind of think USA are a little bit you know they're 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 a little bit too short here, um, but obviously the market disagrees with me. They agree more with more with your side, mate. Um, I just wouldn't be running. Yeah, for me, I just wouldn't be running to the bank to or the the betting shop to go and be could be betting the US. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'm very biased because I've got I've not only got Iran to qualify, but I've got the USA not to qualify, and I've got the USA under three and a half goals for the tournament. So <laughs> I'm just about as biased as it gets towards an Iran draw, or you know, you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I'm seeing it through those coloured glasses, you could say. Any thoughts on that, mate? I think your point tactically, I, I is very astute. Uh, the fact that. USA, like those deep lying teams, are like who they play in Concacaf that they can't break down. Hmm. So yes, that's true. I mean, that's the same kind of thing. So I agree that like it's harder for a USA team to do that, but I think the talent gap provides enough in the odds for me. You're looking. I'm looking at Wales, Iran. Wales closed two point two at Pinnacle. I, I think the biggest question is. What do you think about Iran versus England? Do you think that was just like a complete anomaly? Which on so the face I'd, of it, I'd throw that out. Wales is a more comparable team to the US than Iran. Yeah. So if because, you're looking at this, because if you if look at Iran's at, result, sorry, I was just going to say, if you look at Iran's results historically, there is no six twos. There's no big blowouts. It's all very low scoring. So I think you can almost throw out that England result. I'd easily throw it out. The U.S. has never beat a team as highly ranked as Iran six to two. I wouldn't think, but uh, so so uh, so I I just throw that out. But the reason I bring up the Wales game is like we said, Wales and U.S. are comparable teams. Now, in my opinion, and other people's opinions were different about this Wales the Wales U.S. game. I thought the U.S. dominated for the majority of the game. I thought because they went up one zero, Berhalter reverted to his tasteless bullshit tactics of plucking just pounding it out the back and trying to basically stamp in a a 1-0 when this team hasn't had an athletic advantage over Wales they should have kept pressing higher okay 
So, so you think I it was think... more that than because the narrative was Kiefer Moore came on and changed the game. Yeah, that's a narrative. But like for me, one player doesn't change the game that much. I for for me personally, like yeah. if Kiefer Moore was starting in that game, would Wales have been fifteen ticks high or fifteen ticks lower on the money line? No, no chance. Mm-hmm. No chance for me. Yeah. All right. I think we've uh, we've broken it down pretty nicely here. And uh, Neil has said not looking at lines, but I'd like Iran on most cards or a card handicap. Daniel Costa here says, evening, gents, enjoying the daily shows. I'm finding it harder to pick player props now with the increasing amount of subs allowed, but enjoying the World Cup and slightly up for the comps so far. So good stuff. Um, <laughs> I like yeah, this one from a no, what is, no Pattaya for Shannon. Take the overs on Iranian pitch invaders. <laughs> fan, fan pitch invaders. Good stuff there, mate. Um, all right. Well, you've got some props in this. We've uh, we've babbled along about our uh, our main market kind of thoughts here. I don't think it's good. You've got two sides of the of the coin here. So uh, pick your side. But mate, what do you think about the uh, the player prop side of things? Yeah. So I've got another passes spread. I do about one unit total to one point five unit total. So a little bit less than the other passing spread. And the players I'm going to say here all are on the U.S. And it all has to do with what me and Alex were saying. We think that the U.S. are going to have the majority of possession of the ball in this game because they have an athletic advantage. They had an athletic advantage against Wales. You'd think they're definitely have an athletic advantage against a team like Iran. Um, so. I see the Iranians sitting deep until the U.S., if they can, crack them open. And so I would see this being 0-0 probably for a while because it it is a stout Iranian defense except for, as we said, against that that one English outlier um, um, game. So I'd be taking Adams on the passes line. Um, Tyler Adams is over 71.5 at Bet365 at 1.83. And then I'd ladder it small, also over 81 and a half and over 86 and a half passes at 4.33 and 7. I'd also go for Tim Ream, uh, over 73 and a half at 1.83 at Bet365 and over 83 and a half at 4.33 at Bet365. And then I'd also go for uh, Walker Zimmerman, the other center back, at over 83 and a half at 1.83 and then ladder the 4 and 6.5 lines as well, corresponding. Um, so yeah, just see Irani, Iran sitting way deep. Um, I think Ampadu had 69 in the Wales game and he's like, obviously not a normal, um, midfielder for his club. And, uh, I expect uh, the U S to get more possession than Wales did against Iran. The CBs for Wales hit, uh, in the sixties and seventies as well. So with the increased possession, I would see the, uh, U S with a big ability to go high in these, especially if I ran, if it's zero zero until the 70th minute, I could really see like some of those alt lines being really where the value is. So I have these each projected like eight to 10 passes higher per guy. That's where most of the other European books are, but you can also take these, all the main lines that I mentioned there at the offshores. But the other bet I like in this game actually is Tyler Adams over two and a half tackles. Um, I think the last stream I gave it out, I don't remember if it hit or not. It hit the first game and it missed the second game in the World Cup. I think I was only on for the first stream, if I remember correctly, but I I don't remember. But I, I had it last game for my premium members as well when it missed. And I think we had like it closed at like 1.5 or something and it still missed. 
but he had six ground duels against a much against an England team where you're going to get the possession off them much less. I still loved the bet because he had six ground duels, has one of the highest tackle conversion rates from ground duels. So I think I feel we just got a little bit unlucky in that bet for him to get the tackles against England in my premium, and I'm going to take it here again at bet three six five over two and a half tackles at one point nine for Tyler Adams. Usually in the Premier League, his three-plus tackles line by the time of the game is closer to 1.5. So uh, I would look for that to come in maybe. Um, and uh, over three and a half, I'd ladder at 4.25 at Bet365. You can also get the Adams line offshore at 1.86 at any of the offshore books. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are my player props for the U.S.-Iran game, and I like those a lot. All right, mate. I'm looking forward to that game. It'll be a, it'll be a good watch along, and I'll uh, I'll make sure I'm up for it, mate. So I can message you when Iran go one nil up and sit back for the whole game. <laughs> I'm joking. And uh, listen, if the if the pass is rake and that's what happened, I'll be a happy guy. So yeah, happy I, days, I, just just so everybody remembers, if I'm giving out a handicap bet, you want to definitely play it like less than my player props. I'm definitely more specialized in those. I, I, yeah, I do have to say, I, I like that angle of the, the handy. It was at minus 0.75 for the US. I think that is, if uh, that's a, a good, if, you know, USA do win the game, I could well and truly see that happening. So was it minus 0.75 at, what was it at? 2.29 at Pinnacle is what I saw. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, there you go, guys. I think that's all the information you need for Iran versus USA. So let's move along to the second game and the final game of tomorrow, Wales versus England. Wales are 7.99, 4.41 the draw, and England at 1.47. Asian handicap, 1.25, and the over-under at two and a half goals. Uh, Wales are still a chance of going through after that loss to Iran, but the smallest, the smallest of chances. Um, I'd still expect them to fight hard here. I mean, it's their first World Cup they've been in since, I think it was the 50s or something like that. So I don't think they're the kind of nation that's going to, you know, you know, give up and, and not put anything into this game. I think they'll try hard. Um, and England, after that uh, massive victory over Iran, I, I think uh, you've seen the the range of emotions from England fans, the... Oh my God, we're amazing beating Iran 6 2 to we are the worst team ever. We are dreadful versus the USA. So um, let's start with this. What, how, what's your read on England at the moment? I would say that uh, I rate them probably the exact same as I did as they entered the tournament. Do not deserve to be, I think they were four third or fourth favorites coming into the tournament. Or maybe they deserve to be fourth favorites, but um yeah i just I, I can't see them getting close to lifting the cup yeah they're like a bigger version of the usa because the, <laughs> every the, like the thing that holds them back is the coach like the usa 100%. doesn't have the, have the depth that england has but they're like a, they really are like a mini version of uh england because like the, the the whole game plan and the coach just holds back most of the talent mm. that they have and yeah, they just... actually have a ridiculous teaming. I didn't realize because just because Southgate plays the wrong players. I mean, whatever you can have your opinion on that, but if you if you pick their like best eleven players and 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 they went out had like a really good coach played attacking football, exciting football, they would have 
it would it's actually a ridiculous team when you like they've got Ben White sitting on the bench who could play a fun attacking brand Alexander Arnold they've got uh in midfield they've already got a great midfield and then up top Saka Kane Grealish Foden like I think if they played like an a team like that they could easily be second favorites to win the World Cup behind Brazil 100% yep I don't have a single single thing to add I totally mm. agree the, the the thing, the game tomorrow is kind of weird. They they should be good looking to win. I mean, it's just they're not a high scoring team because of the naturally because of what we're talking about. So it's always harder to take them on a handicap. I'd say for me, but like if you're just comparing the Wales and U.S. prices again, like. This is exactly where the U.S. game was, one point, whatever it was, 1.25 on the handicap, I think. Was so, it? Uh, uh, I think it was maybe one or something like that. I think they were a, a little one? bit higher. Okay. Yeah, like personally, one point. Maybe, maybe it drift. Maybe it uh, can't, like some money came in on U.S. I don't know, maybe before, like before. I might have been looking at it earlier hmm. um, when it was. But yeah, like the one, 1.25 range. Um, it's about the same. I know some money's coming for England, I guess. Um, this this is just another hard one for me to call, though, because, I, again, I don't know exactly who Southgate's going to put out there. It, they should be looking to win this game 100%. But, yeah, yeah, the thing for – big picture-wise with England, though, they just have a nice draw this World Cup, like I would say. Because next round you're going to have to play, like we said, either – Probably Senegal or Ecuador. That's a decent draw. Um, maybe Netherlands. So, yeah, b- big picture. I, I I tend to agree with England in this game. I I don't know exactly where I'd go, but I think I I definitely wouldn't be backing Wales per se at that one point two five. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I could I could see an argument for Wales one point plus one. Point two five, just because I don't see England going out there and absolutely giving it to Wales and winning by you know more than a goal. So I could I could potentially see that as a play. What do you think, Wales plus one point two five? You can get that at one point eight three. I mean, it's reasonably efficient. Or you could even go Wales plus one goal at at two point one five. That's I mean, I, don't, I just, I just wouldn't see- do it because they're desperate, right? I mean, they have to win. Wales. Yeah, that is a good that's point. That's the issue with that for yeah. me. Hmm. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah, look, I, I, over two and a half goals. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I just, I'm, I think I'm just fishing here, mate. I can't really see anything that's really, you know, taking my fancy on this one. Let's get some, uh, some feedback from the, from the, uh, the viewers. Daniel Costas has got one of the best young players sitting on the bench in Foden. You know, couldn't agree more. You've got some of the best young players in the world, Bellingham's. I mean, Saka is obviously playing too. Um, but yeah, Foden, you would think should probably be in that team. If you were going to put Foden in, though, where would you, where would you put him? Do you take him out for Saka? Because I, I think that would be stupid. But you know, you also got Sterling, Mount there. Do you reckon would you take any of them out? Play him in ten if you want. Play him at ten. Maybe change the formation. Yeah. I think you play Saka at ten too. I I know two defensive mid, 
two deeper lying mids. Like I know it takes away a little bit of Bellingham's creation that does, but I mean, he can definitely play a box to box midfielder next to a holding midfielder mm. pretty easily. Yeah. So that's probably, I would probably drop one of them in the 10. Yeah. I'd probably have like, you know, Grealish on one of the wings and somebody else on one of the wings. Mm. I, I thought they could have used like Callum Wilson maybe last game. Uh, I thought that game was kind of crying out for like a headed ball. Uh, I, I think they have deeper striker options than they kind of make out. Like he's a good striker, especially I think like at the international level, he could be a stri- good striker uh, getting in behind and headers and things like that. Like that one that Harry Kane missed at the end. That's mm-hmm. like the balls that he rifles into the back of the net. Wilson. Yeah. Well, mate, I think, uh, Oh, I just feel like we should move on from this game. <laughs> I, I don't think we, either of us have got any uh, great betting inside at all. It's a it's a it's a tough one because I could see you could see a one nil to England. I could also see Wales, you know, really fighting hard, and you know, I could even see Wales winning the game. It honestly wouldn't surprise me. I'm just not too high on this English team, or at least the way they play with Southgate. Okay, uh, Norfolk in here, uh, my buddy says uh, he thinks that uh, maybe they'll start Trippier and Sean, take them off, so maybe you'll want to look at some underpassing lines. That's a, that's a great shout. A lot of guys have been doing that recently, um, and, and you will see, obviously, there, there's up to five subs, so the unders lines are a great shout in those games that maybe won't mean anything for the teams at the end, so great shout there. Yeah. All right, mate. Good stuff. Well, let's call it there for England versus Wales. Um, and let's look at our best bets for tomorrow. What have you got for me, mate? Yeah, the best bet for me, oh, you could kind of go a number of ways. Considering the other two are spreads, the passes spreads, I'm going to go with Tyler Adams over two and a half tackles at 1.9 at bet365 is my best bet. All right. Good stuff, mate. Um, yeah, look, I don't really love anything tomorrow. I like I like Iran. I maybe, yeah, I don't know if I I'm not going to back them obviously because I've got that many outrights on them. But I don't mind the unders in the in the Dutch game either. But yeah, I think yeah, I think a lot of people in general probably don't even need bets for tomorrow because they've got all their outrights coming through. Everyone's got something to sweat in terms of qualification and stuff like that. So look, I'll just uh, I'll stay boring and just say. Just get an early bet in on Australia to win the World Cup. Um, all right. We will uh, we will be back tomorrow at the same time at 9 p.m. UK time, <laughs> 10 p.m. CET. You can find Paul on Twitter at Fainting the Line. Uh, I believe it's just me and Ryan Bruno tomorrow. So, uh, so tune in for that. We're giving Paul a nice little rest, but he'll be back on Wednesday night. To break down the rest of the uh, or some of the the games, the remaining group games, uh, you find me on Twitter at at Alex Vella underscore. But yeah, we will uh, be back tomorrow, ready and firing to go. Interesting round of games tomorrow with uh, you know Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia all with a chance to to go through, and of course the uh, the great Australians trying to make the the World Cup finals for the second time. So that'll be uh, that'll be good fun to chat with Ryan tomorrow. But thanks for listening, everyone. Please make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you are listening. 
And if you are looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, please start a free week trial of Trade Mate Sports. Thanks once again for everyone tuning in and thank you, Paul, very much for, for coming along and I will see you in a couple of days. See you soon. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Thank you.